0: Grab a hold of yourself. Uh. Open your eyes. Get wise to the exercise being taught by the teachers. Uh. The most dominant. You need knowledge, but we dropping it. And I'm back. And in fact, I heard all the shit y'all were saying last week, too. Oh, we got a birthday shout-out, too. started all right away. I'm just away. letting y'all know. Just letting y'all know. No, big we, up to the brothers, though. We love you, we minister. Gave, we gave you birthday shout-outs. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. The bookman and all that shit. Okay, I heard come come all
1: on. On. <laughs> <laughs> You
2: motherfucker. Oh, my bad. Yo. What's that? The renegade coaches renegade. in the building,
1: as you can see. Kamal Franklin's here. You know what I'm saying, my man? Kalaji Chang is here. Yes, I am. I and, see we doing the, the semi, you know. what I'm You Yeah, to point that Gangsta out. Gangster fatigue. Oh, my bad. Okay, okay. cool. Bad. Cool. All right. Uh, who we got <laughs> back there? One more.
0: I go by the name of the Ear
2: Doctor. What? What? Oh, right. you he got a fatigue hat on too. That's what I'm saying? And I got sandals on. Okay. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Thanks uh-huh, for got telling the whole, got, got
0: the whole got camo crew up in here. Minister Server transmitting live from the planet. No doubt. Server got his gangster hat on today. Yeah, man.
1: Back from the island, man yeah true 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 anyway eating, man some, 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 in the island. what you been doing up in there
0: man you know i was doing it all up there i, by, I was out on the, the, the river run right? the you know, river what's going run on with you, man? getting it in the man, big listen. spliffs all that <laughs> hey,
2: besides all this other craziness they talk about man there's a lot going on <laughs> yep, yep um i like to set start off start this show off okay saying rest in piss Mm. donald rumsfeld
0: no doubt you know what i'm
2: saying (laughs) been a long time coming you rotten terrorists is glad. glad (laughs) to see that you've made he lived at 88 all these old rotten white folks they live to be so old yeah eating them babies babies.
1: when (laughs) you control when you control the world yeah you get all the benefits Eating well you know what i'm saying if folks don't know Donald Rumsfeld was the person who started or was the architect of the war on terror. Uh, so that involved of the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's got a long history of duplicity and murder across huh. the world. And yeah, so but he, but he's he, dead. He, yeah, he was secretary of defense twice. Yep. Twice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This motherfucker goes all the way back to
2: Ford. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he was a, a, a straight up war criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, charges should still be brought up on him. I think that one thing that uh, America loves to do and Israel loves to do they always love to uh still bring charges on the war criminals yeah you know even after they're gone so we should definitely when we take over you know what I'm saying and 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 it will be a takeover we bring this uh rat bastard up on charges we go dig him out dig his ass up and, and, (laughs) and, and, and bring him out again also um it's it's a lot of uh Controversy going on. Woo! Pill Cosby's out. Uh-huh. You know what I'm living saying? a life. Looking like this guy.
1: Nope. <laughs> I think that was when he was on his way to get some some pills and some waiters <laughs>
2: and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Talking about get on get on. Get on, <laughs> that's get right. is that so, and the name of this album is called Wonderfulness. You should have <laughs> knew. And look at the back i don't know if y'all can see this man but this is ridiculous we should have knew a long time ago something was wrong anyway (laughs) this rotten bastard right here
1: he's out because of a technicality technicality he had his case overturned because apparently the prior prosecution had signed an agreement a no prosecute clause as long as he agreed to testify in the civil case involving the same um the same uh, person that was accusing him of rape he did so in that testimony he exposed that he did use or buy quaaludes to drug and or to give women uh, for sexual encounters, and since they agreed not to prosecute him, and he gave that testimony, the next prosecutor came in, and they decided when well, all the shit hit the fan and everything was everybody was talking about what Bill had done to go ahead and prosecute him anyway. So the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania decided to overturn that conviction. Wow! So Bill Cosby's back out on the streets again. Uh, hopefully this time he won't be hanging with ugly white women mm. uh <laughs> however he's back and uh and his girl felicia rashad felicia Rashad. you know, yeah. know what i'm saying his tv wife first came out with a statement mm-hmm. that's right supporting this dude and i think even she's got to backtrack a little yeah, bit oh, she had to backtrack. yeah she's yeah back howard. Howard, howard howard made a backtrack good yeah, good yeah, good sure. good good yeah
2: well, and she's the dean of howard now
0: right exactly yeah. that's why they made a
2: backtrack. Wow. Yeah. wow yeah but you know um Hey man, we're not gonna get too deep into that because of the fact that I know it's folks out there listening now oh, Bill's innocent and Bill that and Bill that, whatever. Yeah. Eat your damn jello pudding. <laughs> Again, we still had about what you was talking about on the whole pound cake thing about you talking about the brother being shot in the back. You know what I'm saying? He should have been shot in the back for stealing the pound cake or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um it's still fuck Bill to me. Fuck Bill got, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. what else we got going on um tomorrow or today when mm-hmm. folks check this out? It's a very important day. What's It'll that day? Patrice Lumumba Day. Patrice, Patrice Lumumba Day. It'll be his
1: born day. That's yeah. right, his yes, born yes. day.
2: And we're gonna talk about the importance of Patrice Lumumba. We're mm-hmm. gonna talk about what's going on in the Congo and how and why folks need the support so we have as our special guest maurice Carney, who is the co-founder and executive director of friends of the congo you're going to be stopping through here and we're going to talk about what's really going on because of the fact that folks talk about
1: genocide in mm. all
2: these different places mm. but for some reason whatever's going on in the continent of africa yeah.
1: mum's the word yeah word. we get the we, we, the only thing that we recognize unfortunately is the sort of heroics of patrice lumumba but we forget that that struggle is ongoing that his right. assassination wasn't the end of a struggle it was the beginning of a struggle mm-hmm. for liberation which is now going on or the attempt to free the congo is now going on 50 60 some odd years later and so we need to really talk about that and dig deep into that and the role
2: who murdered patrice yeah. Lumumba? Mm-hmm. because the right.
1: fact that some of y'all
2: are in under confusion yeah you get confused because when you deal with neo-colonialism you think that uh if, if you see somebody black around it yeah. then um oh it was the black folks right. that did it or you know some tribalism
1: that? shit right. Uh, right. like this this has got to do with world politics we're going to get into that belgium's role the u.s's role in assassinating patrice lumumba when we come back on renegade culture Blackout.
2: we have a special guest on here Oh, man, Maurice Carney, what's going on, brother? Uh, another another going OK, OK, OK. Maurice came on. He, he, he's, he's looking more serious. He's like, man, listen, I didn't I'm not I didn't plan on being here with him, but <laughs> we're here now. So it's cool.
1: It's <laughs> like um, somebody told me this was CNN. I don't understand what's happening right now.
2: <laughs> hey, it's all good. And I definitely know it wasn't CNN. No <laughs> doubt. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, true. So you clear about your politics. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So real quick, tell the people about yourself and tell the people about uh, Friends of the Congo, if you don't mind.
3: Well, uh, Friends of the Congo is uh, a solidarity uh, organization, uh, pretty much in the, in the vein of uh, uh, the Friends of Abyssinia of Ethiopia uh, that was established by, um, by C.L.R. James uh, back in the, the mid, mid-30s. Uh, so we come in that tradition where our African brothers and sisters uh, been on the siege and uh, they've reached out um, to us, uh, Africans abroad uh, to uh, come to, to their support and uh, uh, Friends of the Congo uh, has responded to that, to that call. And in responding to that call, uh, we have basically two overarching aims. Uh, one is to raise global consciousness about what's transpiring in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And the second, is to provide support to local institutions uh, that uh, engage in an existential battle uh, for the freedom and the liberation of the heart of the African continent. And uh, I serve as the executive director of the organization right now, and I'm one of its uh, co-founders, along with uh, our brother Paul Pumphrey, a longtime uh, fighter uh, for people's rights, and our sister Carrie Crawford, the
2: three co-founders of friends of the congo no doubt so um today very important day it is the birth of uh one of our uh, our heroes um not just one of africa's heroes but one of the world's heroes an international mm-hmm. hero a hero that was uh cut down at age 36 but he but he had made so many strides we're talking about uh patrice lumumba you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying for folks who are listening and viewing this. and and they may have never heard of Patrice Lumumba. Give us a a, a backstory, who is Patrice Lumumba and why is Patrice Lumumba important and why should every African on the planet know who Patrice Lumumba is?
3: Sure, sure. Um, Patrice Lumumba was one of Congo's independence uh, heroes who fought for uh, the freedom and liberation of Congo uh, from Belgian uh, colonialism. he was the first democratically elected prime minister of the Congo in uh, 1960. Uh, he was uh, a remarkable uh, figure on the African scene, uh, to the extent that uh, Malcolm X said that he was the, the greatest African to ever walk the continent um, because he he couldn't be bought, uh, he couldn't be bossed, uh, he. Uh, was a, a nationalist and a pan Africanist. He uh, was a, a confidant of, uh, of Kwame Nkrumah, and, uh, and he represented the aspirations of the Congolese um, people. Uh, he actually shot onto the global scene on June 30, 1960, with a, an inaugural speech. Uh, in the presence of uh, the Belgian king in the Congo, where he recounted in painstaking detail in the face of the king uh, the atrocities uh, that uh, the king's uh, ancestors or or forefathers, especially King Leopold II, had committed against Congolese. Uh, He laid that out uh, bare. Uh, He also uh, articulated a, a vision where... Congo would control the spectacular wealth that it has in the country uh, for the benefit of Congolese uh, in particular and for the benefit of Africans in in general. So he represented a tremendous threat uh, to uh, U.S. imperialism, um, to uh, Western colonialism, neocolonialism, and the the threat that he represented was so severe that uh, the West had to move against him quickly. They didn't really give him a chance to set up shop and uh, plant his roots uh, in office. So within a matter of weeks of his being inaugurated in June 30, 1960, uh, the U.S. had uh, set in motion the destabilizing of uh, Patrice Lumumba's uh, newly established government in the Congo.
1: Can you talk a little bit to us about the actual assassination plot, in terms of the role of uh, the American CIA, the Belgians, and uh, obviously rival figures who were once allies, seemingly allies of Patrice Lumumba, um, and how
3: that played out? Sure, sure. Uh, in fact, there, there there are several books that that deal with this. Uh, um, probably. The authoritative uh, book is uh, The Assassination of Lumumba by Ludo DeWitt. Uh, but one book I, I like to, to, to read, even though I wouldn't recommend that people go buy it, they can get it from the library or something like that, uh, is a book entitled Chief of Station, Congo. And that book was written by Larry Devlin, who was the CIA chief of station. And in the book, he laid out how he went about uh, the overthrow of uh, Patrice Lumumba. Uh, there are really two phases. One is the overthrow of uh, Lumumba and his government, and the dismantling of the democratic forces in the, uh, the Congo uh, by the uh, U.S.'s Central Intelligence uh, Agency. Uh, there is a uh, recently declassified document uh, coming out of the State Department with Which looks at a covert action in the Congo uh, from 1960 to around 1970 or so. And what the declassified documents uh, reveal is that the covert action against Lumumba's government uh, was the largest covert action in the world in terms of financing at the time. And it uh, represented uh, a 10 year undertaking uh, that. resulted not only in the overthrow and assassination of Lumumba, but with the CIA uh, determining who would lead the Congo during that period, and using uh, all the tools at its disposal, assassinations, overthrows, corrupting figures, and and so forth. So Lumumba was, uh, according to uh, the CIA's own uh, record, was overthrown because he represented a, a threat. Larry Devlin said that We had to overthrow Lumumba because we didn't overthrow Lumumba. Not only would we have lost Congo, but we would have lost all of Africa. So he centers the the significance of of Congo in uh, uh, the U.S. uh, imperial designs on the African continent. And the Congo was the first post-independence country that the United States intervened in uh, at at the time. So Lumumba's... um, Overthrow by uh, by the uh, the CIA uh, ultimately led to his uh, assassination, and that's where you bring into play uh, Congolese sycophants, uh like Joseph Desiree Mobutu, who was on the CIA um, payroll. Uh, he was used uh, as a stooge to to jail uh, Lumumba, uh, to uh, overthrow the uh, the democratically elected government and. Initiated a coup uh, with the his his only concern Lumumba, uh, Mobutu was is the UI, the the CIA is the U S government backing me, and he was assured by Larry Devlin uh, that Eisenhower himself uh, had backed uh, the overthrow of uh, of Lumumba, and then you had figures like Moise Tshombe, uh, which uh, represented uh, the Katanga province, the rich mineral wealth province in the southeast of the Congo. Uh, was backed by the Belgians, allowed Belgian troops to come in. It was pretty much uh, a Belgian operation with him as a front front man. If you looked at any of um, you looked at Malcolm's um, speech or presentation at Oxford uh, in the early sixties, he goes into detail about uh, Moise Chambey and and the role that Chambey uh, played in the overthrow and uh, subsequent assassination of of Lumumba. So you had a whole cultury. Of uh, characters that were involved in the overthrow and assassination, leading by the United States and Central Intelligence Agency, you had the Congolese psychopaths Mobutu and Shamba and, and others. You had the Belgian state. Uh, you had the United Nations. Uh, United Nations played a key role uh, because uh, it isolated and said Lumumba called the United Nations in to support the democratically elected government. However, the United Nations uh, worked against Lumumba, uh, prevented him from getting to uh, broadcast networks, Uh, didn't support him in terms of uh, of troops, and even used African troops uh, to to work against them. And that was one of the regrets that figures like uh, Kwame Nkrumah had, that the Ghanaian troops uh, were used by the United Nations to work against Lumumba instead of in support of Lumumba. And uh, and Nkrumah documents this quite well in a book entitled Challenge of the Congo.
2: We have about one minute before we go to break, but one one very important thing that I would like you to uh, answer for the folks that's checking it out. Um, We know uh, uh, the assassination. Describe the assassination. What took place?
3: Wow. (laughs) I think uh, the assassination, the way it it, um, unfolded, really added to the lore of Lumumba. Um, He was assassinated uh, through um, a firing squad uh, by Belgian soldiers. However, it's what happened after the assassination that really uh, captured uh, the imagination of the world, uh, unfortunately, in a a negative way, uh, because Lumumba represented such a force in terms of the ideas that he had uh, for, for Congo and for Africa, Uh, as a whole that uh, the Belgians, the U.S., uh, United Nations, uh, the West overall wanted to erase him from the consciousness of the world. So what they did after he was uh, shot, along with his his colleagues, uh, Maurice um, uh, Empolo and uh, Joseph Okito, which we must never forget, uh, that Lumumba was assassinated with his comrades. It wasn't just him. It was three Congolese freedom fighters, uh, Lumumba, uh, Maurice Ampolo, and Joseph Okito. Uh, but Lumumba, after he was shot uh, by a firing squad, the Belgians were ordered, the soldiers, to take his body and cut it up into small pieces. Yeah. And after cutting it up into small pieces, uh, they then dumped it into a barrel of, of acid to disintegrate uh, his body. And uh, it was a way not only to physically uh, get rid of Lumumba, but they, they were wanted to just erase any memory of Lumumba whatsoever. In fact, one of the soldiers who uh, dumped his body into acid, they, he took one of his uh, Lumumba's tooth and uh, has held on to it uh, really right up to this day. Uh, the Belgians are supposed to re- return the, the tooth uh, actually uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, uh, but the, the ceremony was, was canceled uh, because of the rise of COVID in, um, in the Congo. Uh, But the the point about this is, why this is such a critical point, is that they wanted to get rid of Lumumba so badly and erase him from memory that anything that we do today to continue and perpetuate Lumumba's memory, to perpetuate uh, Lumumba's ideas, is a form of resistance against the Belgian colonialism, is a form of resistance against U.S. imperialism. So the very act of our uttering his name, our sharing his ideas, our... Uh, laying out uh, for people how it is that Congolese youth are continuing in the tradition of Lumumba. Uh, that is a uh, primary act of resistance. Uh, so we're going to uh, continue to to celebrate Lumumba, uplift Lumumba, and uh, uh, and keep his name alive and tell the story, uh, not only about how he was assassinated, but about his ideas, uh, what he's, his plans for for the African continent, his agreements with Kwame and Kuma to have Congo serve as a capital of the United States of African, Kwame Nkrumah's Pan-African Project. So all of these things that we're going to uh, continue to tell generation after generation as a form of resistance until uh, Congo and Africa is free and liberated. That's That's correct. So we're going, oh, so we'll be right back with more renegade
1: culture. We're going to talk more about some of the current situations happening in the Congo uh, when we get back, renegade culture. Yes.
2: We coaches in the building. We talking all things Congo. Mm-hmm. Today being the, uh, how old would Patrice have been? 96 this year?
3: And same with, uh, with uh, he shares a birthday with uh, Mega Evers. They're born on the same day in the same year. Wow. I uh, second wow. 1925. 1925,
2: so him and Malcolm was actually the same age. He was a couple, uh, yeah. couple months older. Right, now, right. It's, it's important to point out again that Patrice Lumumba with all of the backstory that you talk about, was assassinated at age 36. You understand what I'm saying? I think that that's the thing that we must properly properly drive home, because of the fact that when folks talk about assassinations, they usually think of some older older people. But we got right. Yeah, we got to remember that that Patrice was 36, Malcolm was 39, Martin was 39, 39. Fred mm-hmm. was 21, Che Guevara was 39, mm-hmm. uh, Michael France Fanon was, was 36 yeah Mega was 39 yeah yeah so mega's 39 so it, it, it is it's it's a uh you know you and don't in have their prime do, huh
1: in their prime in yeah. their oh, prime yeah young folks right. yeah
2: yes so they understood that goes back to the biblical stories when they talk about kill them before they
1: grow mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying right you know, you know right. take them out as soon as possible yeah so we wanted to pick up uh where you left off at so we talked about Lamuva's assassination and in order to work our way up to what's happening today, can you give us a short sort of timeline or history of Mobutu's reign and his overthrow and how we get to the situation where we're
3: at today? Sure, sure. And, and Lumumba was assassinated on uh, January 17, 1961. He was inaugurated on June 30th, 1960. So within six to seven months, <laughs> the, the U.S. Uh, moved fast to, to get rid of him. And, and I really want to drive this point home that The Congo we see today and the last half a century of Congo's history, the United States has played a destructive role um, because it wasn't just a question of overthrowing uh, Lumumba and a democratically elected government and eviscerating any semblance of uh, democratic uh, development in the country at all, uh, but also the U.S. imposed, they imposed a dictator over the Congolese people in Joseph Desiree Mobutu. But not only did they impose a dictator over the Congolese people, but they also maintained that dictator in power. What do I mean? That you had resistance movements uh, for that, uh, that rose up in the Congo. Uh, in fact, uh, Che Guevara went to the Congo in 65 to fight along with Congolese. He saw Congo as a center of the anti-colonial battle. He said that Congo's problem is a worldwide problem. Uh, so. You had these uh, resistance movements that tried to overthrow Mumumba. I mean, sorry, overthrow Mobutu, Joseph Desiree Mobutu. And the United States would send in either planes or soldiers. In fact, on, uh, in some instances, they sent uh, former Cuban pilots that had been kicked out of Cuba by Castro to the Congo to drop bombs on Congolese people. Uh, they supported uh, Moroccan troops to going into the Congo to crush resistance uh, movements. Uh, especially uh, the uh, uprisings that came out of the Shaba province, the Shaba region, the Katanga, the copper belt of the of the Congo. So it wasn't just a question of Mobutu being a dictator and, uh, you know, you know ruling over the people, but he couldn't have done it uh, and stayed in power for 30 years without the backing of the United States. Now the democratic movement in the Congo finally reared its head again in the early 1990s. Uh, you had mass movement. Uh, coming uh, out of the Congo, just like you had in, in uh, several parts, uh, areas of the African continent uh, following the, the, the Cold War. Uh, however, <laughs> the so-called leading democratic nation in the world, as they like to dub themselves, the United States, instead of supporting the nascent democratic movement in the Congo, they backed an invasion of the Congo by U.S. allies, uh, primarily uh, Paul Kagame of uh, Rwanda, uh, and I have to put this note in. Uh, contrary to popular belief among our brothers and sisters, he's not a pan-Africanist. He's an agent of neocolonialism. Uh, he's one of the, the key uh, key um, U.S. agents on the African continent. Uh, so you have Kagame of Rwanda, Yari Museveni of uh, Uganda. Both of them invaded the Congo twice in 1996 and again in 1998, and that triggered what uh, many people refer to As the deadliest conflict in the world since World War II, where an estimated six million Congolese perished as a result of these uh, invasions and uh, continued conflict that uh, goes on right to this day. So the last half a century of uh, Congo and the condition that it's in, the weakened condition, the impoverished condition, the dependent condition, uh, people living in bestial situation uh, is a direct result of U.S. foreign policy then and U.S. foreign policy today.
2: This is, uh, this is um, insanity at its finest, okay? We're, we're looking at this and we're hearing about, uh, and of course we've been hearing about it for years, right? Uh, we're hearing about this, this genocide and if you listen to uh, these imperialist countries, they will make you feel that, oh, it's just a civil war going on and it's just a, uh, uh, you know, the Africans, once again, they can't get it together so we need to come over there and civilize the savages, right? Why is it that you think that uh, this situation has been undercover and hidden for at least a half a century plus?
3: Well, there's uh, a whole host of reasons. And we don't have time to, of course, to get into all of them. But one key reason is uh, because of uh, the interests that are involved in the Congo. Congo is arguably the richest country on the planet in terms of natural resources. Uh, Business Insider said there's about $24 trillion worth of natural wealth in the Congo. And it's not just uh, natural resources, but there's strategic resources that are vital uh, to uh, the military industry here in the West, to the technology industry, to the electronics industry, to the auto industry. So we're talking about minerals such as uh, Coltan, which is vital for the functioning of our cell phones. Uh, We're talking about Uranium, which was key for the United States. Uh, in its uh, development of this atomic weapon that it ultimately dropped on the Japanese couldn't have done it without Congolese minerals talk about minerals like cobalt which is vital to uh, to NATO and uh, the NATO uh, uh, air Force and vital to the US military and now also key in our electric cars so you have people like uh, Elon Musk who's got an interest in the Congo through a company called Glencore that uh, mines cobalt uh, you have um, uh, folks, uh, just very high-figured folks in the U.S. government and uh, U.S. corporations. Um, so when when those when Congo is covered, the plunder that's uh, that's taking place, the plunder uh, and the pilfering of the country uh, is not uh, is not addressed uh, because it speaks directly to U.S. interests, uh, corporations here, government um, figures here, and also, of course, uh, European um, countries. So that's part of the reason why we don't get the coverage that we get in the Congo, uh, because of the interests that are at stake. Uh, if you dig, you know, if you just scratch the surface a little bit, you start to see figures that you wouldn't believe, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Elon Musk, uh, Bill Clinton himself. Uh, so just a host of folks who are uh, involved in the Congo and uh, in, involved in the, in the looting of the country.
1: Uh, you 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 started talking about the civil war, well, not the civil war, the invasion of the Congo uh, mm-hmm. by its neighbors, somewhat at the behest of the United States, and that was started Absolutely. off in the nineteen nineties. Can you uh, uh, now lead us up from the nineties to what the present day Congo is looking like in terms of post those those invasions?
3: Yeah. So the the, the following the invasions, the uh, the Congo is is still in a. Uh, in a climate of uh, insecurity. Uh, the conflict uh, still continues, although there are no wars, uh, particularly in the east uh, of the country. Uh, I know uh, earlier you were talking about uh, Donald Rumsfeld and, and his passing. Uh, Donald Rumsfeld is an architect, along with George Bush of AFRICOM, uh, which was initiated in 2007 and launched in 2008. Uh, so we have um, AFRICOM, which is present there, uh, the current uh, leader of the Congo is uh, basically uh, an agent of neocolonialism, because he's calling for the United States to come in to address what he calls uh, uh, terrorists that are involved in the in the conflict in the east of the of the Congo, uh, which which is highly problematic because uh, we know if we know anything about the United States, they go anywhere in Africa to so quote unquote fight terrorism, it gets worse, mm. right? Uh, so even on an objective level, if you were just looking at it without the political lens, you're like, well, why would you call the United States to come fight terrorism? They'd make things worse wherever they go on the African continent. Uh, so uh, we have a weak uh, leadership, which is really common across the African continent. The choices that we have uh, among African leaders uh, throughout the continent is very limited. They're, they're, they're um, all pretty much uh, in the neoliberal camp, um, support capitalism. Uh, they... Uh, function more as compradors, where they protect the interests of uh, finance capital and the interests of the West at the expense of their own people. So that's a condition we see. I mentioned the wealth of the Congo and the tremendous wealth that's there. Well, you have uh, the most Congolese living in extreme poverty, up to 70 percent living on less than $2 a a day, Uh, less than 7 7 percent of the population have access to electricity. Drinking clean drinking water is uh, hardly available throughout the throughout the country. So, for a country that wealthy uh, in terms of natural resources, so wealthy in terms of uh, agricultural capacity, has the agricultural capacity to feed the entire African continent over a billion people, Uh, we see uh, them uh, at the bottom on on just about every chart you can think of. Uh, United Nations has what they call uh, the Human uh, Development Index, and Congo is at the very bottom of, uh, of that, um, that measure of uh, the welfare of the, of the people. So it's, it's a very challenging situation uh, as it relates to the leadership. That's why our Friends of the Congo is supporting uh, Congolese youth. It's a very young country, has a median age of about 17. And the youth are organizing to overturn to the, the leadership that's currently in place, connecting with other young people on the African continent, and mobilizing. Uh, to bring about the kind of change that Patricia Lumumba uh, envisioned and uh, actually fought for and died for. So there's a very strong, robust youth movement uh, in the Congo that is pan-African in nature, fully understanding that it's not just a Congolese uh, challenge that they're facing, but it's an African challenge. So they look at Congo as a uh, point of departure for a free and liberated Africa so that's the kind of engagement that uh, friends of congo is involved in in supporting these young people as they try to transform the country and try to liberate uh, not only the congo but the continent as a whole
2: mm. no doubt. when we get back we are going to go into uh um you know what africom is and the dangers that it poses mm. on the african continent yeah, uh yeah. not just the congo um and right. what are some of the things that uh, folks here in the United States and some of the other places that are checking this out can do to support the Congo. We're here live with Maurice Carney, who is uh, at the forefront here in the U.S. Uh, fighting on behalf of our brothers and sisters in the Congo. You know what I'm saying? he representing the, exec- he's the executive director and um, co-founder of Friends of the Congo. And I'll definitely be glad to have more here today to talk about our main man, Patrice Lumumba, and the Congo. You're checking out Renegade Culture, don't touch that channel. Black Power Media. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What's happening, Renegade Coaches in the building? Yeah, we back talking about the Congo, Patrice Lumumba, the history and what's happening today. Uh Uh-huh. And you know, uh, before we jump right back in, you know, there's an interesting story that Malcolm was actually working with Che Guevara for a while to talk about bringing uh, black, so-called black Americans, black folks from here to actually serve in the resistance movement in the Congo. Um, A lot of people don't know that that history existed, and that those deep connections existed between what was happening not only here but in Cuba, but on the continent itself. You know what I mean? These brothers were, yeah, these brothers were serious, yeah. And that's that's I mean that that's the thing that's so amazing Mm -hmm.
2: about our resistance movements of the past and on the continent, because of the fact that the young folks they weren't just talking about. uh, hands up don't shoot. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about surrendering. They weren't talking about none of that BS They was talking about look we need to overthrow these motherfuckers because of the fact that they're destroying our planet They're destroying the continent and we got to get their ass up out of there mm-hmm. So salute to these youngsters that are these young warriors who are on the
3: continent right now hold it down um, yeah, and yeah. I really appreciated the way Malcolm made the connection and, uh, one of the early meetings at the organization of African Afro american unity uh, folks were rumbling and saying, "You know, why are we? You were supposed to show a film on the Congo, series so And why are we focusing on the Congo?" And uh, and Malcolm retorted that, uh, it, "As long as you think that we have to get Mississippi straight before you get the Congo straight, we'll never get Mississippi straight." Huh. So he he loc- he connects uh, the movement that whether you were fighting for liberation in Mississippi or Harlem or Kinshasa or Kisangani, it's the same struggle against the same system, white supremacy capitalism, imperialism. Uh, so I thought that was uh, a very, very critical point in connecting the, the struggles um, globally. That's definitely important. When we, before we uh,
2: went to break, um, we talked about, you touched on a little bit about AFRICOM. Now, there are people that is checking this out, and they're like, OK, well, what is that? You know what I mean? Right. So um, I want you to break down AFRICOM and, and the dangers and the threats and the, uh, the genocide that they have uh, Enacted upon uh, the continent of Africa, namely the Congo.
3: Yeah, just quickly, as I said earlier, uh, Africom or the Africa Command, as you know, the U.S. as an empire has some eight hundred plus bases throughout the 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 globe, has different command structures uh, for different parts of the world, uh, where it um, aims to uh, exercise, you know, full spectrum dominance uh, uh, over um, uh, mostly. Uh, black and brown peoples throughout the globe. So the African command is the most recent one that they developed in 2008. It came out of uh, Rumsfeld and Bush administration, uh, but it was uh, accelerated in advance most by uh, the Obama administration. Uh, throughout the Obama administration AFRICOM increased some 2,000 um, percent uh, in terms of its uh, presence on the African continent to be in almost every country uh, in, in Africa. And uh, not only Uh, was uh, it um, advanced and accelerated uh, by a black president, but the first leader of uh, AFRICOM was a gentleman by the name of General Kip Ward, who graduated out of Morgan State. Uh, So you have really uh, black folks in the empire leading uh, the uh, militarization of the African continent. And we saw the uh, destructive nature of AFRICOM best uh, during the... uh, the NATO and AFRICOM bombing and decapitation of uh, prominent Pan-Africanist uh, Muammar Gaddafi in, in Libya. And since the removal and the overthrow of, uh, of Gaddafi, the uh, the result of the, the fallout has been an expansion of terrorism in the Sahel. We're talking about countries uh, you know, like um, Mali and Burkina Faso uh, and, um, you know, all, all throughout the Sahel region of, uh, of, uh, of West Africa, you know, Chad and Niger. And in Niger is, uh, is one uh, interesting case, because in that country where U.S. soldiers were killed a few years back, uh, the United States has developed a uh, $100 million uh, drone base in, uh, in Niger. Uh, so we, we have um, a situation where the uh, United States... Uh, because, in part, of its inability uh, to compete with, uh, with the Chinese presence in Africa and the economic uh, strength of China throughout the African continent, that it, the equalizer for the United States is its military. Uh, so the increased Chinese presence is a part of the reason why we see the advent of, um, of the African command. And the propaganda is that AFRICOM is, um, was set up uh, to help with humanitarian issues. To do training, uh, but it's it's far far more sinister uh, than that. It's uh, dropping uh, drones um, throughout East Africa, uh, you know, in Somalia, uh, in in particular, uh, building drone drone bases in, in Niger, and supporting some of the most uh, uh, notorious figures on the African continent, like Paul Kagame, Yaru Museveni, and uh, uh, Paul Bia of Cameroon, and a host of other uh, African and. Uh, agents of neocolonialism that are suppressing their population and uh, destroying the continent as a whole.
1: So let's switch a little bit and talk about your efforts in terms of Friends of the Congo um, and the work that you guys are doing with young folks. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that work, which I'm going to classify as resistance work to to U.S. imperialism, to European domination. Tell us a little bit about the work that you guys are doing and with the folks you're working with on the ground.
3: Sure, we're, we're working with folks, uh, young people, uh, in the cities and in rural areas as well, uh, primarily through um, political education, uh, political mobilization of the, of the masses. Uh, we uh, connect the young people with each other um, throughout the Congo itself, and we connect them with uh, the Pan-African movement um, globally, uh, whether it's uh, you know, through other different countries on the African continent or even here in the United States. And uh, we do it through, uh, or work with them in, in, in the entail um, several things. One is um, political education uh, around um, Pan-Africanism uh, in terms of looking at the history of Pan-Africanism, uh, looking at the young people today and their role in that tradition and their responsibility in continuing the tradition of Pan-Africanism and carrying on uh, the liberation uh, aspirations of the Lumumba's and the Nkrumah's uh, and the you know, the two days and so forth. Uh, secondly, uh, we engage them in uh, mobilizing their communities. That is to say, we uh, provide them with the tools that they need in order to go into local communities and uh, educate the masses. Uh, that's really uh, central to the work that they're doing in terms of educating the masses about the significance of the Congo, the significance of the African continent and the role and responsibility of the, 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 the oppressed uh, class in the Congo to bring about change in the country uh, itself and the continent as a, as a whole. Uh, we work with um, local radio stations uh, in feeding information to community radio stations so that they can sensitize the masses uh, about uh, the situation in the Congo and Africa uh, at large. Uh, we send um, uh, books uh, and uh, computers and phones, organizing tools, uh, so that the youth uh, can be equipped uh, with the tools that they need in order to engage uh, their their community. Uh, and of course, we also do fundraising and uh, and send money as well. Uh, that also helps them in their organizing effort. Uh, so th- this that's those are the that's the kind of work uh, that we that we put in on the ground. And as the the youth uh, organize on the ground, uh, we also share their story. Um, to a a global audience to let people know what they're doing and provide them with an opportunity uh, to support the youth. Sometimes we bring the youth here and um, connect them with uh, young people who are struggling here. Uh, And when the uprising took place in Ferguson, we brought young people from the Congo to to Ferguson, uh, to Ferguson for them to meet uh, with their brothers and sisters who are uh, leading the resistance movement in in Ferguson uh, so that they can share notes and they can build solidarity among the youth so that they can understand that their struggle in Ferguson is not fundamentally different from the struggle of the youth or waging in Kinshasa. So that's, uh, those are just a window into the type of work that we do with the young people and uh, their efforts to, to bring about uh, freedom and liberation in the Congo and Africa as a whole.
2: We wanna uh, definitely uh, thank you for coming on. Um, one thing that I, I would like to offer as far as uh, through Black Power Media, we would definitely like to stay in tune and keep our fingers finger on the pulse of what's going on in the Congo. So um, hopefully as we move along and we can talk about this offline, we can have some organizing efforts where we have the voices of some of the comrades over in the Congo, perhaps even, you know, broadcast over
3: the Black Power media waves. Absolutely. We would love to do that. It would be great to set it up so that you can actually speak to those young people that I'm talking about. They, where you can, they can tell you directly where they are in the country. And the type of work that they're doing to bring about change so we, we would love to do
2: that we, we could do this regularly you, you know what I'm saying you have yes. the support of black power media because of the fact that we are a we are, we are we are Africans period you know what I mean so absolutely uh, you know so we definitely uh you know we're against imperialism and we're all for our brothers and sisters fighting uh, to, uh, to, to, to bring this shit to its knees man so um, how, how can the people get in touch with you? How can they
3: support Friends of the Congo? Uh, the, the, the best right place right now is Friends of the Congo. Uh, go to our website, friendsofthecongo.org on there. You'll be able to connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and also uh, also YouTube. But friendsofthecongo.org is the uh, best place to connect with us.
2: No doubt. You're listening to Maurice, Carg- Maurice Carney, executive director of Friends of the Congo, co-founder of Friends of the Congo. And, uh, uh, they, they say there are no uh, uh, um, uh, comrades that you don't know, it's just comrades that you haven't met. Mm-hmm. I just jacked that up, mm-hmm. but don't worry about it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So, you're a
3: comrade, brother. Yeah, That's period. That's a,
2: he, well, the, let
3: me, well, thank you. Let me leave you with a word from, uh, from Lumumba, from his, uh, the last letter to his wife, Pauline. He said that uh, we're not alone, Africa, Asia, free and liberated people will always be found on the side of the Congolese. And the two of you exemplify that tonight by being on the side of the Congolese in the continued struggle for the freedom and liberation of the heart of the African continent and the continent as a whole. So really thank you and appreciate it. Appreciate we appreciate it. that brother.
2: Thank you much. So we Show win, ready for yeah. revolution. Ready to get coach in the building. Yeah. Oh, oh,
1: oh, All right. Oh, oh. Had a renegade coach in the building. That was a fantastic, fantastic Fantastic. show, man. Great information, yeah, yeah. Definitely, people know about Patrice Lumumba, but they don't really follow up on that history and get that kind of detail. And maybe it'll just inspire folks to understand why we work so hard to talk about imperialism, the U.S.'s role, what capitalism does to fuck up our people, and so forth. So, I'm so glad that brother made time to come on,
2: yeah, because I mean, like you said, it's like people get a cursory glance. And that's why i wanted him to really drop although some people know about the assassination mm-hmm. you need to know how just how devious and how fucking devastatingly uh diabolical these bastards are yeah. you know what i'm saying when you talk about you you set three men up in front of a firing squad then chop the bodies yeah, up yeah. and put them inside a, 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 a thing of uh that bastard. acid yeah of, uh, yeah i mean that's that's insane i yeah. mean it's like folks don't even consider or can even possibly yeah. fathom how ruthless these motherfuckers yeah. are. So when we talk about this shit, it's like, oh, there y'all go again. Mm-hmm. Obama's a fucking war criminal. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know some of y'all, yeah. you love him and all that. He's the first black president. This motherfucker was a puppet used to go in and to help to destroy the continent, the continent of Africa. They don't call period. him a
1: puppet. He was willingly doing it. Willingly. willingly. Yeah, yes. nobody pulled his strings. Willingly. Hey. He pulled our strings by making folks think That's that right. somehow it's hey. the first black president that he was gonna have some radical or some pro-black politics, well, he was just another imperialist in black skin. So, you know. This motherfucker was worse than Mobutu, really, because of the fact that he actually had motherfuckers was <coughs> on the
2: right side of history. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. worst shit. Exactly. Now, I mean, you knew Mobutu, Mobutu was a piece of shit. Yeah. But yeah. this motherfucker, he had some of y'all confused. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But It still um, does. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. it still does. Also, a very important day today, too, that i like to point out, is today is the day that Leonard Peltier mm. received a double life sentence? You know mm. what I'm saying. Back in 1977, he's been locked up ever since. Shout out to Leonard Peltier. If you don't know about Leonard Peltier, in the coming weeks we'll be talking about AIM, the American Indian Movement, oh, and yeah. their role in in, in in uh, you know, in in, in liberation and yeah. fighting these motherfuckers as well. Yeah. So here on Black Power Media, you can find stuff about the Black Liberation Army. Mm-hmm. You can find stuff about the Young Lords, mm-hmm. the Revolutionary Action Movement, mm-hmm. um, AIM. Aim snake Indian no, movement. Yeah, what what what? Yeah. Fucking particularly channel. here on renegade culture.
1: Yes, you know what I'm
2: saying. We get yeah. down with it. Yeah, but no, what no. channel on 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 YouTube can you find this shit where you have actual interviews with folks who were involved mm-hmm. in these in these liberation struggles?
1: Mm-hmm. Not many people Get places. it firsthand. You get it firsthand. First hand, no okay. doubt. So now, I, I hear Going Out. We got a special song that yeah. we're going to
2: play. So closing out, we want to close out with this song uh, that was dedicated to Patrice Lumumba. It was by uh, David Banner and Cyrock. It's a few years old, but, um, you know, it's a real good song and everything. So we didn't have a musical guest today. So we yeah. said, hey, man, in honor of Patrice Lumumba, we got to add some rhythm to this joke. That's right. Movie. That's right. So who better than Cyrock and David Banner? No doubt. Renegade culture. To you later. See y'all.
4: Salute. Peace. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm standing at eye level and I'm boxing with the devil. I'm seven seconds from the belt and I ain't about to settle with the metal. I mean, go, yes, I go around my neck and just watch me as I transmute into the element. You can never get the best, never the best of astronomical. I shut you down and took the cram I came out with the astral Chronicles. Massive attacking on the weak followers. look like Hollywood and all of it's a like, Oh,
0: So um, since we're doing all of this rapping, can anybody rap about today's lesson or the homework I gave you last night? So can anybody <laughs> tell me about the great freedom fighter that was in your homework? Does anybody know? All right, I'm gonna teach you. Yeah. Yeah. On January 17, 1961, I was beaten, then tortured, then murdered by a gun. When my the firing squad, the CIA, the MI6, the Belgians were in on it. Who am I? But too tried to kill the cause by killing me. Silly see, because the flesh dies only to set the soul free, and it landed in this M.C. Manifest Destiny, but only for the Africans. Who am I? The salt of the earth, the father of man. They gave a cross, then they took the land. Who am I? As long as the Belgians continued to mine, then I guess the D.R.C. is fine. No, it's not. Who am I? Copper and zinc, tin and coal, and don't forget diamonds and gold. Who am I? Who I was am I? Dipped in acid, all for greed, and I just them to leave, who am I? The United Nations turn their backs while the Europeans cleanse the blacks. Who am I? The am I? Soviet Union wanted to assist, but the USA just labeled me a communist. Who am I? Pan-African, I am African, African pro people prolific, people. against evil. evil. Whether it comes to war, peace, please remember my name. It's Patrice. Who am I? Whether it comes to war, peace, please remember my name. It's Patrice.
4: Yeah. I'm the words you're afraid to speak, the face you're too vain to see, Who am I? I am scarlet call me crimson red, the blood of a million slaves in every verse that I pen, I'm dark matter in a world of lightweights, the future you can't fathom your inescapable fate, Who am I? I am freedom through a musical note, I am you inside of the mirror, the reflection of hope. Tell me what you're working with. I'm ready to assault this track before I murder it. Cause I use words to purge my aggression. I suggest you avoid becoming a victim of my murmurings. I get my big words from my murmuring. She taught me how to read, and ever since I've had a yearn for them. And that side of shy girl could talk shit and stay clean. Hold oh, 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 on, You can't. Hold <laughs> on, You can't say that in this
0: classroom. Go to the <laughs> principal's
1: office. Girl, she now! Young lady,
4: come on, get juice.
0: You guys calm down.
4: My foul mouth, I slip up and say things and rap life that real life can't seem to handle Like I'm a better rapper than you and all your family And I verbally slap you all around a few rounds until you king me the greatest of the space-time continuum See, great writers made me, not Jay-Z, but Langston I'm still trying to digest the dream deferred And every time I put my pen down the paper I imagine saving babies from a bitter life and a heinous world Will I? am the words you're afraid to speak The face you're too vain to see Who am I? I am scarlet, call me crimson red, the blood of a million slaves in every verse that I pen. I'm dark matter in a world of lightweights, the future you can't fathom, your inescapable fate. I? I am freedom through a musical note, I am you inside of the mirror, the reflection of hope. But they don't want to hear the pain, just the glory. And they don't want to take the blame, just change it just to the story. And they'll take me as a trophy, but not as MVP. Because they don't want to admit it, but they envy me. i take tell you why, because these hips and thighs created life in seven days. And I can take it all away with just one verse spitting seven ways. And the control you think you hold over me? Guess what? It's obsolete. I cop the beat and laid heat like burnt edges. Play me, you'll pay me. My 16's like vendettas. This rap dope, but you told I've been better. Just a prelude, the deluge your poetic justice. No box, a cock, aim and blow brains with all my substance I don't need wither systems to make a hitter and I don't need sports references to make my lyrics any clearer F Jordan I'm rolling with over. cuz my eyes been watching God since I first looked in the mirror and dare I say it that I'm a conscious entertainer my confidence and my craft makes me comfortable with the label but I defy all conventions my unorthodox behavior makes me garner your attention like a peep show the exposure keeps you riveted in place you're conflicted I'm the illest but you can't let them know you think so acceptance is the last stage agree so I keep the peace. I let you have your moment, for I make you take a knee and savor each and every piece that I secrete for me. Contrary to pop opinion, we ain't created equally. See that my frame will require me to be human. I'm an alien and outcast, a pillar in the land of ruin. Ruin. I'm an alien and outcast, a pillar in the land of ruin. Ruin. I'm an alien and outcast, a pillar in the land of ruin. Who am I? I'm the words you're afraid to speak. The face you're too vain to see. Who am I? I am scarlet, call me crimson red. The blood of a million slaves in every verse that I've been. Am i pen. I? am dark matter in a world of lightweights. The future you can't fathom, your inescapable fate. Am I? I am freedom through a musical note. I am you inside of the mirror, the reflection of hope.